So that's when I said, uh, push the lane. I barely know it. Uh, wow. That was, an attempt was made. That certainly an attempt was definitely made. Uh, hello, human beings of the internet. That would be, that, that, that would, that would be more, the better segue would be some, some along the lines of, and then, and that's how I got drafted for, uh, the, uh, the North American, uh, <laughs> pro scene in law yeah, I, yeah I, it's weird i mean i'm not very good and i'm and i'm you know i'm i'm from the united kingdom but I, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, from... they're taking all bets apparently yeah yeah I'm, Br- I'm british and i've not played summoner's rift as a competitive game mode for about seven years but you know and let's be honest it wasn't competitive at the time <laughs> we, we took part i think i remember actually taking part in one of those like you know before clash was actually a thing uh you know bring your friends or make a team together for an online tournament. We lost every match we came against, but we had fun. Video games were played. Video games. Entertainment were was played. engaged with. Yeah. I'm gonna close my door. BRB. No worries. I will uh, just introduce uh, the podcast. This is the very zoomed-in face of of Ryan here. So let's just go. It's the Immaterial Gamers podcast. This is episode two hundred and fifty-three. Uh, we've um, we've been. Uh, I, I I applied for to see if we could get ad revenue on the podcast. We've been told we're not big enough. I understand that. It was an attempt. You know, it was there. I thought, oh, you know what? Let's go for it. All we need to do is look at around two thousand monthly downloads. That's all. 2000 2000 so hmm. only about on average about another um another 1993 downloads to go hey i mean that's that's more seven more than, than i thought we were actually getting so i be honest <laughs> uh, to be honest uh, <laughs> hey no. you know what that's we're we're we're, we're almost there there was a weird week. I did actually have a look at the insights this week, and there's been a weird one because um, I looked at it and it said, oh, you, your podcast has been downloaded 243 times in the last 24 hours. I'm like, hey, what have we done that's that important? Had a it's look like, at the it's location. Like that doesn't seem, it's like it's, that doesn't seem correct. Yeah, it's, it's a bot farm from Singapore. <laughs> um, it's just like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I guess. I, I don't know, man. You can make money off of anything, but like, how yeah. do you, how do you scam that? How do you, how do you, like, you know, what can, what can you do with two hundred and forty copies of the Intermaterial Gamers podcast? Yeah, particularly, you don't even. It wasn't even the most recent ones. I think it's just like it's just like being two hundred and forty-three, which I think may have just actually been one botted view of pretty much every podcast that's ended up on there, just like all played simultaneously. It's like what? I mean, for a start, that is that is a killer on the ears. Trying to hear two hundred and forty, you know, two hundred and forty-three different versions of the podcast and you know varying sound qualities <laughs> mm. and volumes, um, because you know normalization is a thing I don't do. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, live from Canada is Duncan. That's me. And live from the LCS stage in um, Los Angeles. Mm, I think I think it's LA. <laughs> uh, it's, um, and this is exactly what it looks like, also. Yeah, yeah, absolutely currently. empty. It, 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 the LCS stage has, as far as I'm aware, not been used at all this weekend. 
which is a bit weird because I still remember on the fact that the LCS, and this is the main, this is going to be the main discussion of the podcast, by the way, at this at this point because it's big enough, it's it's big enough to discuss. Um, but as I did, as I did, may have put in our tweet, it's um, it is two men who don't watch the LCS trying to make sense of probably the biggest, like the most significant bit of esports related news in a long while. Um, because it's uh, it's, it's it involves unionizations and and walking out and and sticking it to the the man. Where in this case, the man is is riot. And also the organisations that the players work for. <laughs> so, mm. so I mean, yeah. Yeah. So you 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 posted this in the news, and I was speaking to Stefan, or in, you posted this in our news chat in the Discord. At the same time, I was actually talking to Stefan about it while we were at our fortnightly pub quiz. They were at, which is. Yeah, basically. I hope, I hope you don't. I hope you don't say that 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 word to him too often. He might stop going with you. He's like, wait a minute for how for for what night? No. Well, to be fair, to be fair, the guy, the guy, um, the guy at the pub quiz at, at uh, our now local pub quiz haunt, uh, Pixel Bar. Uh, he does a call, he does call it the bi-weekly quiz, probably just in case there are people who. Like Steph, just just flash flash red with rage at the thought of that game. Yeah, it's probably it's probably for it's probably for the best, the healthiest yeah. decision yeah. long term. It is, it is. Um, may have may have ended up. Um, the last time we went to, we, it was a normal themed quiz this fortnight, bi weekly thing. This this particular incident um, uh, time. Um, Last last time it was a Zelda theme quiz as as we discussed and it was and yeah we were god awful, so to then have a qu- it looked like a question each round that was something involving Zelda I may have may have, may have flipped out at one point, um, I mean the answer was Legend of Zelda but I've had enough of I've had enough of the questions, look I'll 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 take it where the answer's old school Runescape for God's sake and I've never played that, <laughs> uh, but anyway LCS walkout sorry. Let's get back on track here. Yeah, no LCS happened this week because the players' union, for lack of a better term, un- I, would, I wouldn't say unanimously voted, voted with an overwhelming majority mm. to not play the first week of... or to walk out and not and essentially not play the first week of the LCS to the point that yeah the uh, the North American League of Legends pro scene yeah uh, pretty much doesn't exist at the moment with a chance that if because it's act this is an active story and you know by the time by the time this comes out on the Wednesday uh, things may have changed not looking likely at the moment but things may change um, there is yeah. a th- as I say, there is a chance that there may not be an LCS summer split this year, and as such, a consequence of that, there will not be American representation at Worlds this year. Which is yeah, which you know that that could definitely um. I that... mean, if, uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a big deal. It's a it's a it's a it's a huge 
story in the in the esports world. Mm. And yeah, part of the, what we we needed to do was at least try and read up and see what's happened. And we got a couple of you know, I put a couple of things in our news chat. One was a video from um, the Score Esports, uh, effectively their League of Legends man. Um, I believe his name uh, goes by the name of Danny Burke. Did a primer, basically just a video explaining the walkout and the other thing that we got is a, just a sort of a text piece of news which has the, the, the timeline of, of what happened but to put it briefly franchising's fucked it up <laughs> both yeah. the, so so for those who sort of not even know there's a LCS and in fact actually it's pretty much major I don't, I don't want to say major leagues. As, as far as I'm aware, no, we'll go with what we know rather than just guessing and thinking. The LCS, along with the LEC, uh, operate under a franchising system. So, back in the back in the early seasons of League of Legends, orgs had to go, you know, through qualification systems um, in order to enter Tier One play. The LCS, the LEC. Um, mm. And below that, there was a tier, tier two, um, which was the League Challenger series, or the League of Legends Challenger series. And that happened also in the LCS and the and the LEC. I believe in the East, they still have some form of that. Um, so teams had to play well, because if they didn't, they would get demoted to the lower, you know, the lower tier of, of League. And in a you know in a situation where you don't really get that much money anyway, you'd have even less of it. Yeah. Um, you know, on the on the flip yeah. side, basically, succeed. Yeah. basically, basically, the idea was that you know you actually had to perform <laughs> well as an organization consistently in order to keep your spot in as like you know as keep your status as like you know a, you know a pro org that yeah. you know do it you know participating in like the regional and you know and international. Uh, tournaments mm -hmm. and if you sucked you'd go you'd, you'd have to you know you'd go down a tier and yeah. uh, you'd have to you know get good scrub essentially yeah, yeah get good um you know that was it you failed you failed your promotion series that was it um but then in like sort of the the end of the last decade you know 2017 i believe is where all the timelines go um riot brought in franchising to all these top leagues which meant teams could just pay for their slot and there was no promotion or demotion and as such part yeah, of that they would just yeah they would just have a they had just had like you know 10 permanent spots being yeah. occupied by major organizations yeah and, and players could swap around each split they'll they'll do that they don't draft and they just you know transfer just like any other team but those those teams those organizations provided they didn't go under were there to stay so you know that's that's just sort of how that works and as and as such there was no they, they got rid of the the whole promotion demotion system they just what they did instead was they had in 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 the in the form of the lcs they just had the the academy league they had they turned their tier two tournament into an academy league which all of the 10 organizations that were in the lcs had to field an academy team that was sort of the, I guess, the 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 bargain, the negotiation. It's like, right, yeah, you can have your slot in this, you know, top league, 
but you need to show to us that you're cultivating talent by also having an academy league. And this is where things have, just to fast forward a bit, this is this is the whole issue that's come up. Because the reason this walkout is happening, and this has happened over the whole of May, the reason this has happened is organisations, as of the beginning of May, no longer had to field academy teams. And pretty much the moment they were told, or the moment they agreed with Riot that they didn't need to field academy teams, seven out of the ten teams, or seven out of the ten organisations in the LCS said we're no longer having academy teams at that point. And yeah, the players didn't feel happy about that because that sort of completely threw away the whole idea of trying to get more talent because if you don't have players trying to you know if there was no um what should we say incentive if there was no incentive to actually being able to get a, a pro slot in in a system which is you know already hard to become you know one of the best in that game let's take it into into account 10 organizations five players on each organization 50 people in a population of I mean, how many players would you reckon? North, I mean, in North America, about yeah. half a billion, roughly. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's half a billion people, half a half billion a, people uh, to play. There's, like, probably, you know, you know, oh God, how many people play League of Legends? Like 100 million people or something like that? Yeah. Probably a good 10 from North America, I would say. 10 yeah. million? So, 5 so, to 10, anywhere in that range, easily. Yeah. So you <laughs> see, you are looking at, like, point, you know, let's, let's be honest, a generous 0.1% of League players make it to being a pro sort of lcs player and that's and that's being generous i haven't got the statistics that's, you know i haven't that's 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 a, a you're missing several several zeros, zeros several significant digits beforehand um, orders of magnitude <laughs> yeah but let's let's just go with that an extremely low amount of people and that's something that i think sort of people need to be you know aware of and that's why i always have this sort of all this like funny argument that always comes down to it when you know i see people online and in discourse going oh these these players are so shite oh i could i could do better than them and it's like remember at that point pal it's like if you could you'd be there it's as yeah it's, it's, it's a simple is you know simple six words at that point if you could you'd be there um but yeah, so the the players' association sent Riot a list of, I won't say five demands, but they they were demands. <laughs> um, so I'll read this from the .dot esports article that came out because I'm not sat there playing a video and then just nodding to it. So they asked for five scenarios in order to not walk out. Um, they wanted a Valorant-style promotion and relegation between the LCS and NACL, which is North American Ch Challengers League, is what they call it. it. So it's pretty much, pretty much exactly the system that they had in yeah. League when yeah, it they, first launched. It's, yeah. That is the system that is in place in Valorant actively right now, and it's successful, and people love it, which is, and they want to have, to bring it back. And so, what is, like so, it's, so it's VCT, isn't it? It's like the sort of... There's a thing, isn't there? It's basically, yeah, like you say, Ascension, I think, is like the big one, and then, yeah. But yeah, like you say, just bring it back. Roll it back. Add a bit of... 
Okay, Martin has um has 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 uh, just to go. He was more than generous for one percent. If we were looking at that, which challenger tier players, zero point zero two four percent players at challenger. But I don't try to think the requirement for a League of Legends player to be able to play pro is a diamond and above. So yeah, well with that, you're looking at three percent then. Yeah. So in total, three. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So yeah. So wrapping that, reverting back to what it used to be, is was was uh, a demand, um, for right to commit a revenue to a revenue pool for player salaries of three hundred thousand dollars per challenger league team per year. Um, allow so LCS. That, so that's uh, so that's uh, that's so that's a sixty. That's a minimum. Basically, it's a minimum like. Salary of like sixty grand per 60. person. Yeah, yeah. No, that's essentially uh, where where you're, where you're boiling down to. Yeah. Um, allow LCS orgs to partner with affiliates for cost sharing. Um, sure. Yeah, I guess I guess that the so they're looking for LCS teams to you know not have to spend everything on themselves. Well, I, th- I think the I-, I think that idea is not so much about like you know like it's not so much for like oh the Big Ten can you know offload their costs and they're not worried. It's it's more about like you know like like I think if like if like like indie companies want to like get in there, but mm. they realize that like the you know the enormous costs associated, they can like yeah, because that, was, that was the can, thing, uh, I think you know, partner, I think you know, they can make they essentially make their own um, partnerships to share the costs and. You know, get their team's feet in the door. Yeah, because that was that was the thing that actually come up with the with the score video that I saw. That the NACL is is a bit weird. It's the best way I figure it in my own head, and this is this going to be a very weird thing. It's Eurovision for League of Legends, and I say that in this particular way because the the thing with the NACL was that the certain the the big orgs could enter the NACL without fear of relegation. So all the big teams would stay there. And the reason I say it's like Eurovision is because countries who take part in Eurovision have to qualify for the final of Eurovision. Apart from five countries who pay so much for Eurovision, they get a spot every year regardless. And that's just in my head what the NACL was. So the big organizations just basically pay to stay there. And then, as you were saying there, Duncan, like smaller orgs, your, your indies and, and, and stuff like that, they would fight to stay up each time knowing that they could go down, which I feel is a little bit... Because think about you know the way that you know the way that they got it now, right? With the, with the you know, they got your, your Big Ten just kind of sitting there on their spot. Essentially, it's just this like, it's just a system where like they pay you know a certain amount of money for their spot. Mm-hmm. They get to keep it, and regardless of how they perform, their names get on the big screen. Their name, their names get featured in the in the in the competition. The competition, which you know, is seen by you know a, a nine figure number of people mm-hmm. in the world every year because it's you know it's a huge game. Yeah, uh, and then those. And then those people are the ones in line to get, you know, uh, all the you know ad revenue and 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 pro, you know uh, promotion, you know, 
sponsorships uh, and all that business. Sponsorships and all that business. So essentially, they just pay for an amount of money, and then they get you know, and on the back end, they <clears throat> you know they get uh, their money back mm-hmm. from the uh, you know from the promotion, and it doesn't really matter how well they perform because they're because there's no tie between there's no tie in between their performance and the amount of money they make. Mm. Yeah, they they essentially just you know they they get to do, they they do equally as well financially regardless of how their team performs so they're not really actively incentivized to mm-hmm. to to generate to uh you know to um field and source new talent that is yeah. going to get them to the finals mm-hmm. they're there anyway yeah which speaking of that uh, speaking which is which is why like you know they they want to change the system so that mm. you know new smaller indie orgs and on and as well as unaffiliated teams to give them the opportunity to, to participate yeah you know to, through their own merits so they could get in and be like hey you know what maybe i maybe my team wants to be the one that you know <laughs> gets to gets to be in the the center of the show and maybe uh maybe a team i don't know evil geniuses or whatever just as a random name to pull out maybe they didn't do well enough to deserve that this year mm-hmm. so they can go down a peg yeah but, but but that's the thing like these organizations these organizations are enormous they have enormous values and they need that consistent revenue stream to yes. stay afloat and because of the fact that they have this deal of exclusivity this is another thing that i got from other um um angles of this mm-hmm. if they ever decide that they want you know to sell their spot or change you know or or just or 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 maintain a spot but sell like the rights to another person who wants to to buy the the team from them you know the fact that they have a deal of exclusivity uh it it artificially drives up the the value of their slot Mm. yeah and essentially you you can just buy an organization for x amount millions of dollars and then when you're bored of it or you give up on it, you can just sell it to another person who wants to give it a shot for three times as much as they bought it for. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I, I, I'm sure I saw the number being thrown around. So basically when franchising started, each slot was worth 10 mil. Yeah. Um, and they're not worth 10 mil anymore. They're worth, you know, varying amounts, depending on the org in question. Um. You know, each way, like I say, depending on their legacy. I mean, you you bring that up given the fact that one of the teams currently in the LCS at the moment, TSM, are selling their slot because they're looking to go to another tier one region. They haven't said which tier one region, but they they wanted to set up shop somewhere else. Um, and and you know this 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 issue with players effectively not wanting to. Or wanting the league to be better for them to play in, because I don't want to turn around and just say they just don't want to play. That's that's not the thing. At the end of these, they're, they're all they're all gamers. They're all playing League of Legends. What's the first thing they want to do? You know, play the damn game that they like. But yeah. they want to make sure they're this, still liking it and it's valuable for them to do it. And this is also the part of the reason why, like, you know, part of the reason, you know, uh, part of the reason why this is also a problem is that it's like. You know, they want Riot to commit to you know putting up three hundred grand per team. That's going to be a that cuts that's a cost of them a three million mm-hmm. for the whole NA league. You know for for all their seasonal slots. 
Uh, and I, and the reason why Riot's pushing back on this, I think, is because you know they've got these, you know, they're already making a lot of money by having these organizations pay their pay their dues mm -hmm. to get in. It's like they're essentially, you know, you know, Riot likes having this uh, these these big pro events because it's you know it's a huge promotional event for themselves they yeah. can make a lot of money off of hosting it and getting the right sponsorships but there's you know it's not free you don't they don't just get to do it for free it's you know no. it's costs a lot of money to to organize all this shit and as long as they can keep that like guaranteed income stream of you know a certain amount of people paying for their slots it's like they get a little bit of money off the top that that helps them essentially, you know, mitigate the cost of running the pro scene, and mm. on and for their for their troubles, the orgs they get their sponsorships deals and they make their money. Yeah. So it's like Riot. The, so Riot is pushing back against like, you know, uh, paying you know, paying out the to the orgs because they're like, well, I mean. Why would we? Why would we do that? We're, we're, what's what's we're in it for us? Yeah, essentially. No, I can I can see that. Um, let's have a look at the other two demands, and then sort of see on the idea of riots pushback, and then the reason why at that point that the LCS isn't running, and the risk is sort of going from there. Um, so yeah, right, right. Demand for right guarantees LCS minimum contracts for the following year for the five players who win the LCS summer finals each year. I can understand this because I've seen this happen, um, particularly in I believe. Well, it wasn't even the LCS finals. I think it was it was Worlds. Um, the recent Worlds champions. You know, five players. They have reached the pinnacle. Of of League of Legends at that point, they beat, you know, the best teams in the world, and the following split, every single member of that team was gone. Yeah, which is just you know, you know some yeah, you know, moved and, over and from that, more challenges. Some were just let well, go shit. because I mean, yeah, well, that's just it, right? Like, like there are like. Like there are whole players and teams. I won't name any particular because I don't like. I'm not like being accusatory here. I'm not. I'm not here calling anybody out. But like there are players and teams that, you know, essentially don't perform at all. Don't mm -hmm. don't get results. They don't grow. They don't do anything for their scene. Who essentially just coast because you know the whatever. Like they just they're good enough. Mm -hmm. um, you know they're marketable enough or whatever. Again, take uh, it. And, then, and then, but then at the but then, but on the but on the other hand, like you can get a player that wins the whole thing or a mm -hmm. team that wins the whole team. The whole oh, fuck me team that wins the whole thing. And and it's like it's like it's like well, you know, we're we don't we're done with you. you know, yeah, you, you you can go. We've got no further growth for you. It's like yeah, where it's like you know, it's like they might you know, it's like oh, if they get all you know, if they if they get a little bit like hey, you know, we just won the thing, can we get like. A pay raise or something. It's like, nah. Actually, we're gonna replace you with someone who costs half as much as you instead. I see. Yeah, I see. I believe at that point that was actually part of the problem. It was, it was a preemptive culling of the team because they knew, well, these players' stock have just rose because now they are, you know, world championship winning top laner as opposed to top laner. You know, it's like, 
but I, see, again though that that seems a bit weirder on that because again especially if a lot of money from if a lot of money from an org is coming from sponsorships and stuff like that isn't it easier to market well i know that there's the the issue of well the player wants more money but surely if you are decent enough with wrangling a sponsorship surely you can offset that a little bit surely you can you know work something out and negotiate a price that means that you as an organization gets money and you keep your player happy at the same time surely there's there's a way of working i mean i guess at that point this sort of shows i don't want to say immature in the idea of them you know i don't mean just mean like the you know they all go out and go out on the lash and tie each other to fucking lampposts every day i mean immature in the fact that the the esports in especially compared to traditional sports is immature is the fact that they're younger. You know, let's let's be honest, to take soccer, football, which has been going for hundreds of years and in a sort of a professional capacity for, you know, decades. You've got esports which is really twenty five years, would you say? Uh I mean so generously late, speaking, late... yeah. It's it's yeah. like I mean I mean I guess I mean StarCraft probably would have been like the genesis of the esports and that would have been going like you know like like late 90s early 2000s yeah is when it, when it, that would have started so yeah so it's uh, in, in in comparison yeah, to years traditional ago, sports, give or take. yeah so in comparison to traditional sports they are babies they are babies and 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 talk about and i mean you talk, talk about immaturity i mean look at the players i mean I mean, well, you're, you, I mean, like, I know, I know, like, you know, youthful vitality is important for any kind of mm-hmm. sport, but, you know, like, it's not that weird to see a dude who's, like, in his 30s, like, I don't know, playing, like, uh, a game of football or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it happens, sure. But, yeah. like, you know, look at the people who play esports. It's like, you, if you're 25 and you play esports, like, you're getting on the old side. Yeah. You know? Like, you're like you're thinking about retirement almost. Well, like, yeah, I think, I think I think I remember stuff like that when I first started watching competitive League of Legends. When you're hearing someone saying, "Oh yeah, uh, I'm retiring," and it's like they've had a bright three years in the business, and like what, from 19 to 22, and it's like, Jesus Christ, well, you know. Yeah, well, it's like there are people who like there are people who are so young who start so young that like, you know, they can't even like do live events until they've been playing for like two years because they started when they were 16 and mm-hmm. they weren't like old enough to like. <laughs> Yeah. you know to like like sign professional contracts yeah get, and go getting, to major tour- getting a visa. like live tournaments yeah, getting a visa to fly out to an international tournament was an absolute pain in the ass it's like all right so what are you doing yeah. are you taking part in a sports event how old are you again sorry what 15 i mm, I, don't, I don't think we we're going to get you for a certain, you know a special professional sports visa here are we now it's easier now you don't you don't even you know unless you know there is a world event going on i don't mean you know like a like a pandemic or a, you know a global conflict or you know something like something like that getting a visa is a lot easier as a esports player provided you've not you know committed the crimes <laughs> so yeah know. anyway the point i was trying to get on, on so, that is like, you know a lot of these are like actual children like like yeah. Like these people are like some of these like a lot of these people are like barely college age. Mm-hmm. You know, the overwhelming majority of people who are currently active in esports right now are younger than me. Mm-hmm. Never mind you; they're all the most of them are younger than me. Yeah, the, the, well, let's uh, be honest. There are barely coaches that are my age that are younger than me. There. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like those people is like 
you know, sometimes when you're 19 years old, you make bad decisions. So you mm -hmm. sign, you sign weird contracts, you make deals that seem great at the time. But then when you've been playing for a few years and you're like 24, it's like sometimes you go like, you know, I'm not sure I'm super happy with the way things are panning out. I'm pretty sure like I could be doing better. I should be doing better. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it, it would be good to have. It would be nice to have certain provisions mm -hmm. to, 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 to make sure that uh, so, people to... are, are being looked after. Yeah. And then in that case, I can actually understand the, uh, what do they actually call it? The LSP, uh, the LCSPA, the League Championship Series Players Association. There we go. I can I can understand why they you know like to say that you know yeah you've won the summer finals, therefore really at a minimum you should be playing for you know provided you're not like I say hitting the ripe old age of twenty five. <laughs> now that I actually say that there's now you know there's a couple of players who actually are approaching their thirties now. It's a bit the, the longevity is is a you know is a is increasing the gaps widening now you know now there's been experience in it but yeah. Winning a winning a, a major championship, should, yeah, I could understand. So, you know, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be getting thrown out. It's a bit weird to sack someone for winning something. You know what I mean? It's just like that's 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 just me. Um, but the last demand was to introduce a three-five roster continuity to provide players on released NACL rosters first priority in maintaining their slots in the upcoming NACL season if a majority continue to compete together. So that's just that's just wordy to me. I'm not. I, I I sort of assume that just means if a multiple amount of players leave, there's still some sort of ability to allow the team to still operate. I guess. Roster continuity players on release rosters. First priority in maintaining their slots in the upcoming. So I guess rather than just bringing I in guess, a new I guess, team, I guess the idea, like... I guess the idea is that is like if they, if the, if the, if the team, if they get released from their contract, but they still want to play together, like, and if a new team wants to pick them up, they have to hire at least three of the five members. I think that's what. I, I guess, yeah. I think, I think that's what that's supposed to be. Right, that makes a little bit of sense. I guess, and that which is what they're trying to say. Yeah, because I guess at the end of the day, those are all teams. There's a bit of a weird thing. It's like League of Legends. At the end of the day, I know there's all this. This is a sort of a problem with the sort of esports thing, but I guess they, for as much as they try to want to differentiate themselves from traditional sports, they end up falling into every pitfall of traditional sports every single step of the way. Saying League of Legends is a team game, but constantly promoting the same like three or four disparate players and just going, this is the best mid laner of all the team, and they they single handedly guide their teams to victory, and it's like. Oh. Don't I hear enough of this with football? It's like, you know, this this defender is the sole reason, you know, no goals getting on on this on this football team. It's like, you no, know, great. I feel, There's still another I ten people like, around them that you know. I feel like that, that's, that's a. Me. I feel like that's a very Western thing too, though. Like, mm. like that's a big part of the reason why Koreans are so dominant, and um. In in uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Koreans are big and, and are so dominant in StarCraft, right? Yeah. But like, one of the big things is that like, you know, they have these, you know, they have their 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 you know their team houses where you know every you know all the people who are part of a certain organization they all like live together in a physical house and they 
play against each other and they train with each other like you know 16 hours a day almost and uh you know they 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 really like play off each other like they you know like they'll you know they'll 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 push each other yeah to to do things that they wouldn't normally do and and, and force them to get to to improve on their weaknesses and and uh and and, th- and things like that it's like mm-hmm. they're you know, and uh, even in like their team sports, they're much, they're a little, they're I don't know, they're they're much more team oriented. Like they don't really like, it's not so much about like the individual promotion. Yeah, yeah, oh, I can get that. Yeah, because I can, I mean, I can just sort of picture this. It's like, it's funny because someone can, for 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 a League of Legends fan, if you, you know, you walked up to someone, and you said LEC, what you know, significant things about the LEC. Someone would probably turn around and say something like Caps, you know, G twos. Mid laner, it's like you don't want to just say G two, you know, years of winning. No, no, caps. It's like, all right, no, he's a very good player. He's a very good player, and he's. You see, for me, if someone said LEC, I'd probably turn around and say Caps is dad because that guy is an absolute treasure for the LEC, and he needs to be protected constantly. Um, you know, probably the biggest, the biggest, the biggest fan of esports is is the father of one of the players who, let's be honest. Respects everyone. <laughs> that that to me is the LEC. But you know, I'm I'm taking it off track again. Um, but yeah, no, I can. I, you know, you mean yeah, West Western sort of thing of the players themselves are brands as opposed to you know the teams and that. I guess that's I guess that's a thing. I mean, sports games do that all the time, don't they? Put a single player on the box art of a. Of a video game and just like I say, yes. When you think football, you think Lionel Messi. When I think Lionel Messi, I think that tax dodged. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, I, to, to get back to the topic, to hand, get back, yeah, to get back to the, the topic. Uh, so, um, uh, so I, I'm, I'm feeling. Here's my, here's my, my theory. Right. This, mm-hmm. this may shock you to hear to hear the this this may blow your mind a little bit okay, i get the impression already. that riot games as mm-hmm. a company generally mm-hmm. speaking um for reasons unknown is probably not interested in running the esports scene at a cost i get the impression that they're yeah. interested in running it only as long as it is at worst net neutral but preferably profitable <laughs> I would say that, and if and you I take into account, we the, mentioned uh... we mentioned Valorant just earlier on, haven't we? Valiant is the new child. Valorant is currently oh, the, yeah. the, the profit maker. When you hot, actually now, when you think of, when you think of NA esports at this point, it is Valorant. Um, yeah, that's that's and what that, that seems. And to that's be. the big thing too. That that what's what's interesting about the about the North American scene because there's a certain duality to the North American scene that's like kind of crazy. So yeah. like in I, I, my my biggest frame of reference for esports is always going to be StarCraft. Yeah. Now, StarCraft is really big in Korea. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not just a. You know, the the game is treated more seriously as a as a sport. It's built, watched they, more. It's played more. They built purpose built stadiums for that fucking game. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's 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 huge over there. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, when it comes to things like uh, a lot of the team sports. Uh, team-based esports like Valorant and League of Legends actually quite hugely popular in North America um, yeah. despite the 
despite their you know lackluster performance, like, let's be honest, mm-hmm. like, uh, NA is on on every, on every gaming front is pretty much always fall- behind. But they get their participa- uh, participation trophies. And in terms of viewership, huge, actually yeah. quite huge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's like they have it's like so it's like they're it's like they get all of their views from North American audiences, but their North American teams kind of blow. Mm. <laughs> so. mm. I mean, sort of uh, yeah. You know, the sort of interesting thing on that is that it was this year's MSI for League of Legends, um, Cloud Nine and golden guardians were their representatives and you know they well i say this i explained this when i did my rant uh regarding the lec and in particular you know the issues regarding allegations that were sent towards or mm. allegations that came out for xl esports um being dominantly being a reason why they shouldn't be in the league in spite of the fact that they have that mm. other teams other orgs have done similar or have been alleged to have done similar issues regarding contract disputes but the difference but fan fan response to teams doing shady contract disputes depended on the success of the team alleged to have done it so XL performing badly over the past couple of splits get this allegation, yes, this is a reason why they need to leave. Uh, let's just throw out a team that rhymes with... Um, um, no, let's just say it. G2 had the same sort of allegations thrown at them, but because they were successful, it was a, well, they just need to do better, but we trust that they can do it. It's like, no, 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 no. Treat, treat, treat the allegations with the same weight. You know, I mean, I mean, part of that was because the person who ran that organization turned out to be a supporter of a misogynist. But you know, uh, what, 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 what can I say? Uh, um, Gaming, but, right? But yeah. So, but, do you, but anyway, you, it's, it's like it's like I get the impression, you know, it's like Riot Games does not want to, uh, will, will not continue to run any esport for 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 nothing. Um, so, if if it's not profitable, they'll drop it like a stone, and these demands. I have the sneaking suspicion will make uh, the at least the very at least the North American scene, which is currently waning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually turn, about to in, ask you know, that in terms question. Of viewership, too, you know, it, it you know the numbers are down a lot, like mm. like some like fifty percent almost. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, if, if these demands push them, you know, over a certain line, over a certain margin. It's like I, I I have a feeling that that is why they're pushing so hard against mm. it. It's because it's like you'd think that there's no amount of like you know like no amount of a cost that would be worth it to completely just torpedo your own brand by just obliterating a hugely popular spectator sport mm. and just like like yeah fuck it I'm just not we're just not going to do that anymore. You would think that the amount of damage that, that would do to your brand could never be worth it. But mm-hmm. it's, I guess it could, it, it, you know, yeah, protect your investment, I guess. Yeah. So, so my my question I was about to ask you on this: Would you, would you, based on what's happened and what you've said, you know, regarding sort of the LCS and that, is, is this a blessing in disguise to Riot? In what? In what? In what? Just, in just what this form? sort of whole thing that you know you've got a waning esport 
that's coming through. You know, you're you're sat there trying to look at the bottom line of you know whether it's profitable or not. Um, you can see you may be somewhere in the back. Someone's turned around saying, "Guys, maybe we should just pack up League of Legends in North America." And then the players' association, players' association, just throw the ball at them and just go, "We're not carrying on." If you've been thinking that you want to wrap that up, isn't this just the ability to, you know? It could be. I mean, no, I, you're. I don't think you're totally off. It, it's weird, because here's another thing that I learned that is another lesson to be learned from the StarCraft scene, which is StarCraft Two is currently in, in dire straits. Yeah. Like as far as an esport goes, um, the like StarCraft Brood War remastered is is, um having a pretty big explosion again particularly in korea yeah um but as far as like sc2 goes sc2 viewership in korea is like bottomed out like they don't they can't stand it there's a whole other there's a there's a long list of reasons that i'm not going to get into why that's happening in mm-hmm. korea um but it is it's it's dying really badly um the prize pools announced for the 2023 like official uh tournaments were slashed by anywhere between 50 to 80 percent over the previous year mm. um closer to 50 percent in the north american scene and western scenes closer to 80 percent in the korean scenes it's pretty bad yeah. and a big part of this is that um because the because activision blizzard is kind of like giving up on it mm-hmm. and they're not, they're not seeing the money there anymore they're they're slashing their investment in it and yeah the overwhelming majority of the prize pool funds available for any given tournament in an official tournament is coming from activision blizzard's pocket mm-hmm. so um you know basically like you know whatever from like you know uh ad revenue and sponsorship deals and you know participation fees and etc cetera, etc cetera. whatever money that they can generate they think they can generate from hosting the tournament uh you know whatever once they've taken a satisfactory amount of profit that's what's left over for their prize pool and that amount is going down mm-hmm. and yeah. because you know like m- most of the money uh that they get they hand out as prizes comes from activision blizzard if they give up on it then there's no money left in the scene and the scene dies and so now there's a big push to sort of save SA2, the SC2 Pro scene by uh, pushing um, more regional tournaments and more um, um, like like crowdfunded and pro- and player promoted uh, prizes. Yeah, like like there's a big um, there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a tournament going on. There's a, there's, a, there's a sort of like unofficial circuit going on right now. Right. Called the, like the KSL, I think it's what it's called, which is basically just like like some dudes who are just like a big fan of the Korean StarCraft scene who opened up a Patreon and said, hey, you know, we're going to invite every like pro Korean player that wants to sign up. To participate in our online tournaments huh. and uh you know you whatever money you put into this patreon will be de- 
divide it up as a prize pool for them to win in their weekly tournaments. Nice. You know, and if it goes really successful, then we'll do like, you know, either quarterly or annual, like, like finales. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. The idea of a, of a crowdfunded tournament. Yeah. And so like, it's kind of interesting because like, you know, there's a big push to make Riot more responsible for uh for the teams to to commit more to commit more of their money and mm. and and to support the the scene more first party and i definitely think that there's room to for that and that i think that's important to have like you know official support but i also think that uh league esports orgs need to kind of watch it yeah because you know you might not you know, you know you know it's sort of a careful what you wish for sort of situation because you know when you have the this the scene dependent entirely on one company or you know 80 percent dependent on one company yeah you get situations like that where whatever they say goes and if they decide there's no more money to be made in the scene the scene goes away mm -hmm. and then it's up to you guys and if you don't have a infrastructure in play if it's not the norm to have these kinds of events put on by you know you know second party companies and put on by you know uh, you know more grassroots kind of uh uh scenes and tournaments you end up with a scene that's so sparse that people don't care enough to play at the pro level because there's nothing uh nothing, nothing to be gained it. from it you know yeah. you know you're not going to work 16 hours you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna play any game a hundred hours a week to to make you know whatever like eleven thousand dollars a year in whatever weekly and quarterly tournaments you can get your hands on. People do it because it's like, hey, you know, you win the big finale and maybe you get you know a quarter of a million dollars or you know a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. It's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, it might be might be worth it. You yeah. know. So let's let's bring this up there because we'll we'll wrap this up now. So just to briefly go on this, Riot effectively looked at those demands, doubled down. Um, this was after in the in the process removing their um, required tier of League of Legends. You know, so you know in regards to the the ranked tiers uh, for League of Legends players. You know, I think I think we said something like like you needed to be a diamond minimum in order to play. Or such they removed that requirement to try and get other players you know to to have organizations field teams and they told the orgs to do it and that didn't work because a lot of players who weren't at that requirement or were even outside of the current pro lineups went and said now we're not being a scab union talk um union talk for someone who crosses the picket line I've heard the word scab once, and it was during it was in 1997 or like 98, something like that. It was basically when SmackDown started for WWE or WWF at the time. They had a storyline in which all the referees were tired of constantly getting hit by ref bumps and walked out. Um, but a couple of referees crossed the picket line to ref some of the matches, and they were called scabs. So that's where I learned that from. But let's look into the crystal mm. ball. If you would predict something here. Two weeks' time. We, let's say we come back here. Two weeks' time. Do you reckon the LCS will have played their first matches? It's due to start on the 15th. 
They've delayed it for two weeks. It's due to start on the 15th. With what you know, or what we we know right now, and what we see, do you think it will go ahead? Uh, I honestly, I'm very pessimistic when it mm. comes to these kinds of things. Like, it it's so rare for big corporations to make exclusively like positive changes towards you know their attitude towards a decision they've made it's like that what i think is going to end up happening is i think that um i th- i think that uh, the the players are gonna are 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 gonna panic and, and be like hey you know like this might like they might actually be serious about this like mm. like like for real they kind of have all the bargaining power yeah uh I mean, we said this before. I, I think players want I think to play, that, so <laughs> I think at a certain point, um, it's either going to be canceled completely, or mm. they're going to come back together under you know, whatever threat of some kind of like vague legal action mm. or something like that. Uh, and if they do come together, but this way, I, I think it's just as likely that it'll be that the, the whole season will get canceled. Mm. But the other coins I like coin. If they do get back together and and go ahead, I pretty much guarantee that um that they're that they will not have their demands met. I yeah. get the feeling that it'll be everyone is more upset than they started with. They will not the demands will not have been met. Riot will not <laughs> have uh right right riot's not gonna get anything out of it. I I really think it's much more likely that that not much will move. It, it's just one of those things. I yeah, I was I, I sort of on this thing. If I could have like, given that this has never happened before, the chance that I, I guess it, I mean in terms of sort of the esports thing, as far as I'm aware, yeah, this has never happened before. It's 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 it was big enough that they walked out in the first place. I I would be on the idea, like say. I'm with you on the idea that I'm very. The odds are there that this won't go ahead. Yeah. This 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 jokey empty stadium I'm seeing will just stay empty, for, basically until next year. Yeah. Yeah. I I give yeah like I said I give a fifty fifty of like, fifty fifty they they don't get they don't get together or they they do get together and not only does the LSSPA LCSPA not get. Their demands, but Riot also gets a truncated. Uh, season, which means less, you know, ad revenue, less yeah. money, and that incoming. Just... Like they'll, but like both, like both parties will be less happy with yeah. uh, with the situation. And then know, that... and it's like, and I'm sure, and I'm sure, you know, they'll be like, ah, you know, we, you know, we want to make sure things are good. We we take care of our people. You know, blah blah blah. We we we're committed to keeping this scene alive. Meanwhile, like furiously behind the scene from day one, like as soon as the season ends, there's like, so how do we destroy this entire thing? How do we just completely torpedo this scene? Yeah, how do we, how do we wrap this up? And profitable. Because <laughs> yeah. this, this needs to, this needs to go. Because mm. that's how it, companies work. That's, that's, that's how corporations work. They, yeah. they, they don't apologize. They don't give any demands. They don't, they don't give out free money for no reason. No. And they don't hesitate to, 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 burn a contract because you know what when you're a billion dollar company players are cheap when you're a you know uh a pro esports player and you make like 
you know, whatever, like hundred grand a year. If you're, if you're really lucky, uh, not so much. Lawyers are kind of expensive. Yeah. And for me on that, even like you say, if they do get effectively forced quotes to play this split, you can absolutely bet your bottom dollar that they are not going to succeed at Worlds this year. Because sort of morale of players and the, sort of the quality will just go down. And therefore, when it comes to when it comes to actual world tournament, they didn't. They wanted to be there, but they wanted to be there on their terms, and that, that's going to show. It's it. It's just they're going to show on on the, on, the, on the players' side. I mean, I say it's a bit of. I say we'll see in a fortnight. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's what, like what I mean, like I mean, I can speak from personal experience that uh, you know when these sorts of things happen um like uh for example i live in the province of ontario um which is a part of canada canada has a system with their education um where the duty of both funding and running uh the uh, the educational system at the the post-secondary level is split between the national and provincial levels the funding is majority of the burden goes to the province it's probably it's probably like an 80 20 split or 70 30 split roughly of like like of like setting the rules and also providing the funding um so most of the dealings when in the college or you know a a, a teachers union in uh, canada in this case the province of ontario have to have an issue they take it up with the province because they because they, they do most of the work yeah um in the last eight years since I started college for the first time, there have been two separate major strikes within uh, the uh, province of Ontario. Uh, both times, uh, the teachers' demands were not met, and the province essentially forced them, like like passed legislation to force them to go back to work with a very minimal amount of compensation, like pretty much like the legal minimum, like all right, this is what we have to give you to make you work. We're not giving you any of your other <laughs> shit. Yeah. And it's, this has happened twice. And they've done it with nurses as well. Nurses uh, are also having a big problem in Ontario. Because mm. uh, that's another thing that's sort of like split a little bit more evenly. But again, provinces I do have a big uh, say in the, the medical system. And nurses, what with... Uh, covid um not being so much of a thing now but like when it was hot and just in general mm. the uh the lack of funding going on in the in the provincial edu- uh healthcare system like it's a shit show like yeah. it like there are people who have to wait months for basic routine surgeries people who have critical or life-threatening conditions that might have to wait hours, days, weeks to just to just to see somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, pe- people are getting turned away for shit that could kill them. Um, and again, they go on strike. They may they have they raise their demands. They say, "Hey, literally, like this is a crisis. Fix this." And the government says, eh. <laughs> "Yeah," and they don't and they don't fix it. Like. It's cynical, but like this is just how big organizations work. This is how they operate. They just don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. The bottom line over anything else. 
I mean, you know, you mentioned you mentioned about sectors which have like taken sort of industrial action and stuff like that. I could probably actually count the sectors or like the areas of of employment over here in 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 good old Blighty that are not taking industrial action. You know, we are about as close to having a general strike as we've ever been without actually having one, like what happened in the 80s. Uh, um, so, you know, you can see that sort of everywhere. But uh, yeah, there goes our big, very feature topic on on the LCS. Um, like I say, in a couple of weeks' time. Almost feature length. In a few more yeah. minutes, we can yeah, call it a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a feature, feature length. We, it's, it's actually been a topicked podcast. <laughs> Um, so what we'll do is very, very. There's a couple of news stories that are, that are there. I will take one, and it's this one because I know because I've read multiple sources on it, and which was hilarious. So Diablo Four. This is not oh, technically boy. this. This Start is not speaking te- of Activision Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, this is not technically what the fuck Blizzard. This is uh, what the fuck Future Games show. Um. So to hype up the release of Diablo 4, which is out on early access now, like I said, I'm a giant hypocrite, me and Martin have been playing it, and our friend, uh, one of our Pauls, have been playing Diablo 4 now, the game doesn't come out till Tuesday, so, but, so we'll see how the servers completely melt once, you know, other players are playing it, uh, but currently they're fine, um, but to hype it up, as part of their sort of games, like summer games hype show called the Future Games Show, uh, which is part of Games Games Radar, I believe, that is the actual magazine. Um, they got access to speak to a couple of the devs from Blizzard about Diablo Four, and they asked. Well, they sent out a tweet and a YouTube community post asking for questions to ask the devs for. Diablo 4. And the video came out, the Q&A video came out, and there were lots of very as said in the in the journalism community, soft questions. Almost making it look like, you know, maybe Blizzard picked and chose what game uh, what questions they wanted to answer, like, you know, a question like, "Oh, the cutscenes in uh, the cutscenes in Diablo 4 look gorgeous. How do you maintain that high quality that you're known for?" something along that line is like, oh jeez, these are soft. But then people But it's started... also like it's also like yeah, it's also like that's barely a fucking question. Like Yeah. It's it's like that's not even so much a question. That's just a that's just an opportunity for fucking Activision Blizzard to go wank themselves and promote yeah. themselves. Which would it's be like, like it's like, oh gee, do you think fucking Activision Blizzard may have had some kind of indirect uh influence on whether or not that question, that particular question, will be asked, do you fucking think so? Of course, Jesus. Christ. Well, actually, actually, <laughs> just to give you this, the answer was no, because what actually happened was even funnier. No one responded to the community post. No one responded to the tweet with a question. It's not what the fuck Blizzard. Technically, in this in this particular case, when we gotta we gotta touch wood on this. Touch wood. Blizzard did nothing wrong. Future Games Show did. Oh, they great. faked the questions. They faked the questions. They faked oh where they came from. <laughs> it's like not possible. Um, yeah, um, the questions didn't come from the community. The, the oh, so the, the, the Twitter so accounts, so it's even and worse. The Reddit accounts. 
Fucking Christ. Right, yeah. So it's even worse. It's, it's like they, instead of, instead of, uh, freaking Blizzard wanking themselves, it's fucking, it's fucking, uh, Games Radar uh, and Future Game Show wanked them off. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's like they just, they're just shilling off to Blizzard. Just yeah. be like, please notice me and love me, Blizzard. We said such nice things about you. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was mad because there were a couple of like Twitch streamers and YouTubers who were going through the questions, checking, comparing them to the accounts that they said that they came from, and either the account didn't exist or it did exist but never tweeted the reply to to the thing. One one of the accounts was made like ten years ago, only had one post ten years ago, and it said. Now this came from a Sid Alpha video, but it was like it, it came from uh, the 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 account had one tweet and it said, "I love Justin Bieber," <laughs> which which was funny because on the Sid Alpha video it's like questionable music tastes aside, these didn't <laughs> ask a question about Diablo Four. Um, Future Game Show came out afterwards and responded to this is what the 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 news post at that point they responded and basically said that it was this was actually not just fan questions it was a combination of fan questions and fgf uh, fgs staff questions to blizzard um but they put fake accounts in to protect people under anonymity and blah 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 bullshit 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 I don't think that the, I honestly don't think there were any fan questions personally. They they were just they were just journalist questions. Again, like you said, made as soft as possible to just give Blizzard an easy ride. Uh, you How know, aggressively the, the, do you have to deliberately avoid any news whatsoever related to Activision Blizzard as a company and everything that they do every single fucking day of the year that you would actually genuinely ask a question like the like the example one anyway? Yeah. Like honestly, like, like it's like it's almost like it's like like it's it's the level of like it's it's like a it's like a Logan Paul stand at this point where mm. it's like literally one hundred percent of the people that care that that are this positive about the subject are the people who do nothing but consume information and media directly yeah. from this thing and never go outside the bubble to hear about all of the awful things that people are saying about them yeah. all the time every fucking day yeah well actually <laughs> we'll, we'll put this logan... yeah we'll put this logan paul into thing annoyingly logan paul is a good professional wrestler that's a weird thing to come out of mouth he's a weird you know he's a weird professional wrestler he also fucking filmed a corpse in a forest and uh, for fucking clicks and ran an NFT an scheme. Scam. It's not a scheme. It's a scam. Scam. It's, sorry, it's, I, I misspelled. I mispronounced. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it, no. He it, it stole money. It's fucking okay. Like that's what's what it is. It's, yeah. It's, you know, you can say you can have a scheme that's legal, and it can be a positive thing. It's it's it, it it sounds nasty, but you can have a you can have a you can have a scheme that's that's totally up and up and and fine. It doesn't steal people's money. Yeah, but in this in this no, but it was case, it was an out and out scam. NFTs are scams. It's just. <laughs> You know, uh, and, and but, is, uh, but but yeah, it's just like it's just like 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 for real though. Like who who is really this this who really has this much of a hard on for Blizzard? Who yeah. I I don't know them. I do not know who they are. 
I'd like to say, I've, I've said this, we started this, we started this mini segment by saying, I'm currently playing Diablo 4. I'm still going to call them out every fucking opportunity for when they, you know, for, you know, during this harassment lawsuit and stuff like that. To which, by the way, brief aside, it says at the bottom of the article, Bobby Kotick came out and said, uh, he can absolutely guarantee there was no harassment that happened in, in, in Activision Blizzard and that everything that's happened so far is, a f- is the fault of abusive unions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah whatever whatever dickhead um so yeah right on that on that also bombshell. and and I'll, and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll continue to point out as often as you point out to the contrary I'm not playing Diablo 4 I'm not playing any Activision Blizzard games currently I'm not even playing Starcraft and I already mm-hmm. own that game yeah I'm probably never going to buy any of their products again that's the thing. So I, yeah, that's the I thing. Think they're just a total joke. Yeah, two separate, two separate situations. They're still converging on the same, you know, the same, the same opinion based on what's, you know, what we can see and what has been told and what has been clarified, confirmed, and and all that. That management of Man- Activision Blizzard are fucking awful. <laughs> Yeah, we can still do that. Yeah, that's just how that comes up. But Bobby, Bobby Kotick, I don't want to say allegedly is a allegedly is a dickhead. Um, because from what he's saying, he quite clearly confirms that there's no allegations there. Anyway, <laughs> we better wrap this up. Uh, very quick schedule Move for on with our lives. <laughs> yeah, very quick schedule for this week. Monday, not yet out of Monday stream. I am intending to play Rhyme from Tequila Works as part of my continuing. Uh, Riot Forge project. Um, schedule streams after that. Thursday, uh, Team Fight Thursdays. Uh, probably still back on the Howling Abyss. Who knows? Uh, Friday play session. It's a mystery box. A couple of weeks ago, we played Fall Guys for God's sake, and that was fucking hilarious. Um, and weekend uh, role play not in the games. We're now done with Tales of Symphonia, so now I'm playing a Tales game that I've never played before. Or technically, I played forty nine minutes of it. Um, so uh, it's a Tales of Vesperia. So yeah, right. Um, and I'll probably, you know, I'll, uh, I'm sure me and Andrew will will pop in at some point in the Tuesday Wednesday mm-hmm. range. You know, my time is a little bit more limited now because I'm spending more of my time doing some uh, studying for yeah. uh, re-education uh, program I'm a part of. But I'm probably gonna I'll probably be able to find, you know, a couple hours either Tuesday and or Wednesday to pop in and do a stream with her, play some Pokemon, you know, play some mouse maybe. Yeah. So just we still having our 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 our, the Wind Waker file got all fucked up and we haven't fixed it yet. I don't know if that I don't know if that's it's uh what basically happened is we don't have the Wii U gamepad, which has certain features. to, to to skip a lot of important details basically sometimes you can get a glitch if you're using a third party controller it's not a pad There's, you can get into a glitch where like certain things you can't do uh like and uh if you haven't saved after after a certain while you mm. pretty much have to just restart the console and go back to whatever your last save was which in our case was you know over two hours earlier and she just hasn't fixed that and yeah, she hasn't gotten around to it. I don't know when or if that'll get fixed. She hasn't mentioned it in a while, so. But I mean, uh, on, the, yeah. on the on the on the flip side, That's... the Pokemon Showdown slash Pokemon Black and White thing still seems to be going fine. At yeah, we're having fun with that. <laughs> so yeah, we're still having fun with that. So uh, yeah, we'll keep that going. Yeah, and uh, 
but yeah, the the the, the Legend of Zelda stream is 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 um postponed indefinitely for now. Mm-hmm. Which is a we'll shame. See what we can do about it. Um, but this is it. This is now in the ad supported content range, and I don't care. I'm just going to carry on going. Screw it. Um, if you enjoyed this and you are still hearing this, please like, share, subscribe, pass it on. Maybe we could get two thousand downloads a month. <laughs> Who knows? It could happen. Yeah. Two 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 men talk about something. They uh, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, LCS we get, stuff. We, we'll be all like, yeah, get that money, money. Ooh. Yeah, that, was, that didn't look like shit. Like, I yeah, look at that. I don't money. actually, I don't actually have physical currency anywhere near me, and all I could do is drop my phone, which contains my contactless card. But I don't want to. I need my phone. Ah, come on. What's what's uh, you, you, you tell me? You don't got a hold on, no, hold on. Here it is. Impact resistant phone. Here it is. There we go. <laughs> yeah, my, my other hand, no, my other hand just desperately underneath it, which if my mic actually caught it, would have just made a squelch sound as it went into my my hand. But um, yeah, so you could like, share, subscribe, and uh, um, the video will be on on the YouTube uh, on the Wednesday, uh, along with the audio version of the podcast, which is available everywhere where your podcast is served. Particularly, it's on Acast. Download it off Acast. 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 Um, that's where the download counts come in. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that. Hey Ryan, guess what? Look, <gasps> it's a Mobius. It's a Mobius strip. It, it's in the shape of a gold-plated, one-sided die. Nice. It's it's one-sided because it's you know it's a Mobius strip. It's 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 the one ring to rule them all. The <laughs> one, the one ring because it's a one. Oh yeah, very last bit of news on that. Lord of the Rings Gollum is a pile of shite and the developers have apologised for it being a pile of shite. <laughs> uh, look, I would have tried playing it for, for, for a laugh, but um, it's full price and don't get the money back on that sort of stuff. Um, unless I did a stream for 1 hour 50. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just, a, again, a... just give me the time to refund it afterwards, but I don't want there to was, um there there was a bit of like a memes being run um ca- category for uh re- the Resident Evil 3 re- remake where like yeah. beating it in under 2 hours so that you could get the refund for it <laughs> getting it 100% done and then getting it refunded wow <laughs> that's, that's good i like that shit anyway we're out of here yeah we'll catch you in a bit see you later bye, bye. hey i'll talk to you bye thank you